And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, Doc Manson, I was really hoping you would have brought the stash back for this episode. I'm doing my best, but it just doesn't grow that fast. I was really, really hoping that you would break out. I mean, I I could try, DC, but it's going to be probably at least three weeks before any hairs are detectable on my upper lip. I, really? I'll do it for you, though. No, no, that's a lie. But I was going to say. There was a time in my life where that was essentially true. How often do you shave? I mean, honestly, to actually look properly clean shaven, I would have to shave every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but only in patches. The lip, the chin, the neck. like, yep. And maybe like a little bit on the side of the jawline. But, like, it doesn't come in full on the cheeks or most for the entire jawline or any of that. So it's just enough that I look scruffy if I don't do it every day, um, but not enough that I could ever build or, I'm sorry, grow any sort of full, so you shave every day. facial hair. You shave every day. If I'm not going anywhere, I might skip a day. But, yeah, every other day at most. Wow. I might get, like, once a week I will trim down the fuzz you know, sort of on the cheeks and on the neck. But I I had tried to tell myself this was the year that I was going to shave more regularly. No. Well, you know who uh, is not shaving regularly, at least not their upper lip? For half a second, I forgot what my background was, <laughs> and I thought you were going to say your wife. And I was like, no. "What are you? What are you? What are you saying?" I would you never say, say these... that about your wife. No, my my wife. My wife? Oh, you think I want to bring that kind of ruin destruction upon me? I'm sorry. You talked about the current wife last week, so I just well, assumed this was now a new the part of the wife show. Happens to be the same wife that you're talking about, and I think that is a step too far, good sir. Even for one Doc Manson. I believe who you were referring to was one of the new members of the board of TKO. Total knockout. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who has dyed his hair, I think, even darker than the last time to try to look like a young, spry man. I mean, if you look at this photo, don't get me wrong. First of all, he kind of looks like either a mob boss or a a supervillain because he's like half in shadow. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can tell that they have heavily smoothed out his face to get rid oh, yeah. of wrinkles and all of that. This is and not he still the looks old. old man. Yeah. And no. it's and he still looks old. It's not good. And that little Clark Gable mustache. Yeah. Clark Gable? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. For a minute I was confusing him with the Chad Gable. Ah, oh, um, Chad Gable. Yeah. Is he still around? Oh yeah. He just had a fantastic match uh with Gunther for the Intercontinental title. The full match is on YouTube. I highly recommend it's it's and I think it's like about 10, 11 minutes, uh, but it's still really good. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and yeah, I can't see that name TKO without just thinking of like, I don't know, the late 2000s TNA knockouts division. Like yep. it's just what I You're associate, fr- especially when it comes to quote unquote combat sports, mm-hmm. since, you know, that's what they're 
referring to the UFC and WWE as in this now yeah. new joint venture. Yep. Um, I believe it w- wasn't that what was her name? Christy Hemi. Do you remember Christy Hemi? <laughs> Do I remember Christy Hemi? Oh, Mrs. Manson, turn off the podcast for the next 30 <laughs> seconds. Yes, I remember Christy Hemi. How could one forget? She was, after all, the beautiful manager and occasional tag team partner of one Eugene Dinsmore. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I remember Doc Manson being a fan of Miss Christy Hemi. Was it the redheadedness? Was it the eyes? Was it the personality? What were you going for? Uh huh. <laughs> I also remember that starting with Christy Hemi, I think three years in a row, I called the winner of the Diva Search on the very first night of it each year. You did. You did. You did. This is a true statement. Yeah. Was she the one when they did the trial of Eric Bischoff? Was she the one who was playing dumb and then all of a sudden was incredibly smart? Or was that somebody else? No, that was, uh, I think that was Maria, right? Yes. Yes, it was Maria. Who did she end up working with in the indies? Well, she's married to Mike Bennon of the kingdom. Yeah, that's the one. With the the fantastic theme song. This is the greatest. Yeah, no, that was her. And that was one of the greatest moments in Raw history. Um, yes, that was very good. Uh, speaking of Eugene, I am in prime Eugene Dinsmore era right now. Uh, has it held up at all? Um, so it, it's. I feel similarly to Eugene as I feel about the Charlie Haas and Rico tag team. In a 2023 mindset, it's incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. But the performances... Um, they're not being, they're not being outwardly offensive, but it's just, uh, you know, I'm a few months away from Muhammad Hassan for God's sake. So we are in that sort of era. Um, but you know, it was good. The rock just came out and there's a moment where, you know, he's talking to Eugene and he's like, who's the most electrifying superstar, the rock. Who's the people's champion? The Rock. Who is your favorite wrestler? Triple H. Yeah, it was a good one. I remember that. And they're like, what, what, why is it Triple He likes to play games. And it just sounds so innocent, like, like that would be the answer you would expect. And it was just like, uh, it's brilliant, but. but. I still, it still has a place in my heart, even with the admission that it was always problematic. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> but yes, that is the big. Uh, re- I'm sitting in the dark. I apologize. I don't didn't realize I am sitting completely in the dark. Um, I forgive you. That is that is the big story of the day. We had our final Vince McMahon uh, produced, you know, episode oh, yeah. of W. This is the last one where he is official. This is the last one that he is the buck stops here type guy. Uh, at a, you know that was Monday. As of Tuesday, it's now TKO and it's combat sports. And right, supposedly, is, where does the buck stop now that it's TKO? If not well, now, there's man. now there's a board that will be making decisions and all of that. Is he I, not on that board? He is, but 
technically there could be other voices that have to be heard. And who is the <clears throat> chairman of this board? I don't know. I have not kept up on this. Let me all. look because that should be information we have here. Uh, let's see. Endeavor board UFC. All right. Variety magazine. WWE UFC officially merge. Stock prices. Uh, Vince McMahon is the executive chairman of the TKO group. Uh, but so where, where does the buck stop again? I, well, now I'm sad. <laughs> uh, th- there is a CEO. The CEO of TKO is now Ari Emanuel, who is so technically there is somebody else. But yeah, but that's technically beneath the chairman in terms of. Because, like, I mean, Nick Khan was the CEO of the WWE when Nick McMahon was the chairman, and yet the buck stopped with Vince McMahon. Yeah, Nick Nick is now the president of WWE. Um, <clears throat> I suppose it is still a Vince Am I McMahon. incorrect about that? Was he previously the CEO? I might be wrong about that, actually. I just said that like... No, he was. That, that, that was, that was in the oh, thing. Okay. He was CEO beforehand. Now he is president. Uh, Triple H is now just head of creative. I don't believe he's on the board i think he is just the head of creative uh but he did get you know five million dollars as part of the deal on tuesday which is not bad for a day's work to get five million dollars to do less i suppose yep good for him uh but yeah i you know i can't say does this change anything does this make you even even 0.1% more likely to ever go back to WWE programming. Uh, out of curiosity, I, I, I don't actually, I don't know this, but I assume the UFC is still owned. Well, I mean, I guess it's technically part of TK. I don't know, but Dana White is, I presume, somehow also still heavily involved in this. Yes, he is, the, he is the president or, you know, I believe he has... Or maybe he's the chairman of UFC. I don't remember. Hold on. I'm turning on the light. So, I mean, the thing that I would say is that associating the WWE with public wife beater Dana White is not (laughs) the sort of thing that would encourage me to come back to that product. No, no, it is not. Okay, that's fair. Just thought I'd ask. But yes, I didn't, you know, I didn't watch the, there was, you know, Nick. And for Khan everybody did a, out there who don't know what I'm talking about, there is a video of Dana White slapping his wife in the crowd somewhere in Las Vegas. So this is not hearsay. They're, they're talking about you know, potentially doing some events together. So there'll be a weekend where, you know, they'll go to Vegas or they'll go to New York city or whatever. And UFC will have a big event on Saturday and, and the WWE will have have a big event on Sunday and it'll just be able to be, you know, at a combat sports weekend for people. Uh, my, in my head, I'm like, well, that just means you have to have one crew that just works both shows. So I imagine, and people have commented that that's you know going to be probably the first change is all the behind the scenes people 
you know, are probably in danger of losing their jobs before we see any talent releases. I mean, right now we are probably in the phase where they are saying, oh, the uh, merge is complete and this is a great thing. And we're the largest combat sports company in the world and we're positioned really well. And at the moment, nothing is going to change. They didn't say at the moment. They would have just said it as nothing is going to change. Creative will continue to run as it always has. The WWE will continue to run as it always has. The UFC will continue to run as it always has. Um, But the moment that we see profits start to dip in the future, those redundancies will start getting combined. Things will start being more heavily managed. Um, But since Vince McMahon is, in fact, the executive chairman, um, I'm not sure we're in any largely different situation if I don't know what that title actually means if the buck actually does stop with him and I think that's odd I don't know why he would have more power in a company than Dana White um but hey I don't know it sure seems like yeah redundancies will be found because that's how mergers always work eventually um someone suffers yeah I uh that is sort of the point of merging companies is to is to lay people off Like, I know that sounds wrong, but, like, ideally, when you merge companies, it's because you have identified some portion of the business where there are redundancies, and the two companies can be more profitable by combining those redundancies, right? Which means you get rid of people. You get rid of some sort of process. might not happen right away, but that's almost inevitably what this always means. Yeah. I am looking at it, and it is, um, you know, Dana White is the president of the UFC, so he is at the same level <clears throat> as a Nick Khan. Um, you know, I think what I meant is Endeavor now owns 51% of the whole thing. WWE owns 49% of the whole thing. So technically... Who's Endeavor? Two, Endeavor is the uh, company that owned... UFC, it owns apparently the uh, Professional Bull Riders Association. So are um, we to assume? Oh, well, I don't know. Did Dana White own Endeavor or no? No, doesn't seem okay. so. Okay. So, so in theory, there is someone out there at the head of Endeavor who has more control over this company than does Vince McMahon? Yes, despite the fact that you know, Vince McMahon will so I guess so Vince McMahon is the executive chairman of TKO. That entity is now owned by Endeavor, which has its own thing. But they they have, you know, uh, a ta- ta- multiple talent agencies. They have, uh, you know, marketing companies. They have film companies. They have, you know, European basketball leagues. They have all of that sort of thing. So this is a big conglomerate. This is just one of the major pieces of that larger group. So, yes, technically, but I do think the Bucks still will mostly stop with Vince McMahon. Yeah, unless TKO really starts tanking, in which case I think then you might look to Endeavor to do something. Yeah. Um, and when, you know, we did not get the the swath of WrestleMania releases that we usually do. Usually in the weeks after a number of talents are released from their contract. That did not happen. 
this year. Any so I dirt sheet speculation on why that seemed like because of you're happening because of the be, Endeavor deal. Seems like that would make it more likely to happen now. By the t- I think the idea was they didn't want to make any moves. They didn't want to make any moves until I guess Endeavor would have to be now. Technically, they would sign off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but we shall see. You know, you also have these perspective. Anybody who leaves there could potentially go to AEW, which is quote unquote competition. So maybe you don't want that. According to um, who? There's no way Vince McMahon has admitted their competition. No, Triple H said something about them being a second string sort of company, but that I would imagine that is part of the issue. Although, again, all it does is get more people over to AW, which makes it harder for them to pull any sort of cohesive storytelling with just so much talent floating around. But, ah. Uh, Will be it'll it'll be interesting times. We live in interesting times, Doc Manson. How are your interesting times? What's new in the life of Doc Manson? Not much. Just uh, just living. Just uh, trying to get by. Was your exam last Friday or is it coming up this week? This week. So I've okay. been kind of busy this week with study guides and practice exams and mm-hmm. actual exams and office <clears throat> hours and how many people show up to how many people showed up to your office hours um in the group session today there was probably about 40 and after wow. that i had a string of 15 minute solo sessions basically from one till four o'clock or so so I went to office hours rarely, um, and it was usually like one-on-one with the professor. Um, what does a group session look like? Well, yeah, so I do group sessions because it's a 500-person course, and if I just did one-on-one sessions throughout the week with every waking hour that I have, I could not possibly meet with enough people to see everybody who has questions. So I have group sessions where anybody who wants to come can come. And basically what I do is I just reserve a big room. I sit in that room. People sit down. We go around Robin. I let people ask questions, and I just answer questions the whole time. That's basically what that is. So why would someone not just – why would someone schedule an individual time with you if you have group sessions? Some people don't like like speaking – in front of others, they prefer a more intimate setting, whether that's for anxiety reasons or just mm-hmm. preference. They want more focused attention on what they need. Some people find the group sessions to be an inefficient waste of their time because they're having to listen to other people ask questions that they know the answers to, right? Um, and then sometimes students have more private topics that they'd like to discuss, maybe something related to a grade or maybe related to an accommodation due to a disability or something else personal that doesn't really uh, is not a proper venue to do in front of other students. So you are a very good person and good teacher because <clears throat> while I am sure there are elements that you have to do some of these things because of you know, like disability law and all of that. Just the fact that you do this. So you saw 50 to 60 people today? I mean, 
I also had both lectures today, so I saw all 500 <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so wait, so okay. So you did two lectures, then a group session, then individual sessions. Yeah. Long day on Wednesdays. That was a long day. Yeah. And then we record this podcast. Uh-huh. And then you run in the rain, although the rain wasn't as bad. No. And the way things are set up on uh, campus, I can basically walk inside until I get to the building that is directly next to the parking garage. So I do have to run outside for, I don't know, 40 feet, but mm-hmm. that's about it. How much does your wife have to run outside or do you go pick her up because you're a nice person? I usually go pick her up, if, uh, especially in weather See, like this. Once again. You you have this in persona. Whether she will walk to my office, but <clears throat> the Doc Manson persona, this curmudgeonly, you know, asshole character, is really just a farce. Like you uh, are sweet as well, pie. You know, you know how all characters in wrestling are an amped up version. Uh, even though I think I mostly agree with you, currently. I would say Doc Manson is quite the amped up version of at least me in my 20s, at the very least. <laughs> I think it's a part of you. Yeah, I mean, like, it's still I think, a part I, of me. I am, sure. Sure there are situ- I am sure there are situations and elements of time in which, you know, that, that, those aspects of you. Oh, yeah, just ask my wife. In the chorus, She'll tell you I'm an asshole. <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> well, that is lovely. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've had to sign NDAs or something. What was the dumbest question you got today? Oh, no, 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 no dumb questions. I honestly believe that there are no dumb questions. You've gotten dumb emails, though. Yeah, they irritate me, but <laughs> okay. But honestly, I, 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 I do. <laughs> All right. Tr- then, I, try then, to, I try to actually live that that there are no then let me then let me rephrase then let me rephrase um was there a question or a meeting or something that happened today that was particularly irritating you don't even have to say what it was and maybe today was just a very good day um i'd say the closest thing is on monday which was the last day to add or drop a course Ah, yes. Okay. Around 8 a.m., I get an email from somebody who's trying to enroll in the course, and they can't, and they need a permission number, whatever. Uh, First thing in the morning, I respond and say, hey, you have to contact this person. They can get you a permission number. Then, around, I don't know, let's say 345, because it's after I've left my desk for the day. So I'm probably heading to the garage, going to commute home or so. They sent another email saying stuff that doesn't make any sense about how they, they're in the course, but they might not be able to make it to Wednesday exams because they have another course, a lab, that meets during our class time, which is when the exams are. And I write back and say, well... No, first I don't write back. Then they send me a follow-up email saying they're really stressed about this situation, and they got in touch with the dean, with the dean, and they said that I'm the only person that can solve this, so that I really need to get back to them before 5 p.m. 
And mind you, this email is at like 4.57 p.m. <laughs> and I don't see any of these emails probably until after dinner around 6.10 p.m. Yeah. Anyways, I write back and say, hi, um, I'm a little bit confused because I know the system doesn't let you sign up for classes that overlap each other. Yeah. So that shouldn't be a problem. And, you know, for further, I go on the system. I look up the student. I look at their schedule. They're in my class. They're not in the other class they claim to be in. Um, and I just sort of leave it at that. They email me back saying, this would be much easier for me to explain to you in person. Is there a time that we can meet? I don't respond because before I have the chance to respond, they must have found my booking link, which I have on my syllabus. So I see that they make an appointment to meet with me today. I leave it with that. Then later, they cancel that appointment and they make another appointment for 15 minutes later today. Okay, no problems. Anyways, I met today with all these people that I told you I met with. Mm -hmm. Come the time for this person to come in. They didn't show. <laughs> so I don't know Have what it was that they wanted to explain <clears throat> to me in person. Have you gotten an email about it being like, sorry, I couldn't come? And no emails. I've not heard from them since. Have no idea what the situation is. And frankly, at this point, my ability to care is limited. As far as I can tell, there is no problem. You're enrolled in my course. Come to our exams. <clears throat> or don't. Are the exams always on Wednesdays? No. Two of them are. But out of five, the other th ones are on, maybe on Fridays. Well, so then they only need... <clears throat> Assuming they're right, which they can't be, but assuming they're right, based on the way you are doing it, they could skip one of the exams, come to the final to yeah. make that up. Now, or they, could skip, or they could skip both. They probably have no idea what my policies are because they're probably trying to get in touch with me after having laid out of the course, having not seen any of my lectures the last two weeks, having not mm -hmm. seen me explain the syllabus and having not read the syllabus and having not no knowledge of what my syllabus policies are. Um, I have no doubt that we could have straightened some of that out if they had showed up to our meeting today. But alas, they did not. Part of me suspects that what the real issue is, is they are enrolled in my course because they need it for graduation. It's one of the core courses that they need. Sure. And then this other course is probably one that they need because um, they are supposedly a senior that wants to be graduating in December and they probably don't have enough credits. And so they're trying to sign up for a second class that would meet at the yeah. same time. And that's why they probably talked to the Dean and the registrar because mm -hmm. they told them you can't sign up for a class at the same time without permission from the professor. But they so, didn't actually express any of that in the email they sent to me. And sure. I wouldn't give that permission anyways. So this little Hermione Granger wannabe wants to have a time turner and go to two classes at the same time to try to. That's take my two guess. Courses. But again, they sure. did not express this in any of their countless emails, nor did they show up to the meeting today that they scheduled. Um, so I reiterate my ability to care at this point is somewhat limited. Yeah. So that would be there the was most a frustrating part of my yeah. day. There was a time when I thought about teaching at the university level. 
I never wanted to get my doctorate, but I'm like, I could find some small, tiny liberal arts school that has an education program that maybe would hire me without needing a PhD to, you know, work with student teachers and do all of that. I, I, I mean this in the best way possible. No. If you were to get a PhD, I assume it would be in something like history. I think, no offense, if you had a PhD or if you had gone to school for a PhD, you would have become insufferable. (laughs) Please explain. You're not wrong necessarily, but please. I don't know. There's just something I think about you getting way deep into one specific area that I feel like it would have become your personality. Now, I know I'm a scientist or something, and I do a lot of talking about that shit on this show. So perhaps I am on the other side of this mirror, and I indeed am insufferable. Um, And I accept that. I accept that possibility. You, you you, You talk. You will talk about science, but only when it's appropriate. And you will talk about it only. With with us, it's different. With me, you're like, he's going to zone out like he does. And you'll see my eyes glaze over and you're like, I can say whatever I want right now because he's thinking about how he's going to cook fries after the podcast (laughs) is over. Mm, Fries. Uh, That's it. Uh, But in mixed company, you'll occasionally mention something, but it is not. If somebody had a conversation with you and didn't know you had two doctorate degrees, uh, they would not be able to deduce that from the conversation. So, Thank uh, but yes, you? I mean that in the best way possible. Thanks. I think if I, I think if I had done something in history or sociology, yes, I think you would never take the tweed blazer off. <laughs> I'd graft it. To my <laughs> skin. Again, I, I mean this with all love. No, I, I think that's fine. I would be permanently with corduroy pants. <laughs> Swish, 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 swish. Yeah, so. <laughs> Fuck, run away. He's coming. Swish, swish, <laughs> swish, swish, swish. I want to tell you about ancient civilizations. So, yeah. So uh, that's fair. And, well, and, but again, having, you know, I, I, having not particularly done well at the act of going to school, the physical act of going to the classes, I did not think doing something in addition to actually having a job was probably going to work. And now I, I think I would have gotten fired from, for just being really mean to a student who was like asking a question. And I'd be like, well, congratulations, you win the award for dumbest question of the day. And then I, I, and again, like if you were a professor somewhere where they offered tenure and you'd achieved that, I guess you could get away with that um i wish that was my reality because it might change my opinion of whether there are dumb questions but at the moment i don't think there are any so (laughs) (sighs) i just i don't know if i've told this story on the podcast before but back when i was a grad student i had to team teach a lab course uh in microbiology so i was i mean i was a ta at the time but there was two of us in there and i just remember a student coming up to me and this girl you know, she was an undergraduate and she was very unsure of herself. You could tell just from her demeanor and her body language. And she came up and I had, she said, you know, I have a stupid question. And I turned to her 
And I, I, of course, my, my co-TA was right next to me. And I, she, I turned to her and said, oh, there's no stupid questions. Go ahead. And she starts to talk. And then my co-TA right next to me says, well, I don't know about that. I think there's plenty of stupid questions. And so I kind of just turned and looked at him. And I was like, no, I don't think so. There's, there are no stupid questions. And I sort of turned to talk to the student. He goes, well, I mean, what if, what if somebody came up to you and said, uh, how do Drosophila uh, replicate by a binary uh, fission? Wouldn't you think that's a stupid question? So, you know, implying a Drosophila, which is a fruit fly, is replicating itself or uh, undergoing, you know, uh, not replication. Uh, what's that word that we use for when we have birth defects? <laughs> Procreation. Reproduce. Reproduce. Um, they re- he's suggesting they reproduce the way that a bacteria is by splitting themselves into two, as opposed to how an animal does, because that's what a fruit fly is, right? Well, I mean, I just right there with the other student there, I was like, no, I don't think that's a stupid question at all. And he's kind of chuckling about it, you know, as he's saying it. I said, but I said to him, listen, if somebody came up to me and legitimately asked me that question, what that means is they have a fundamental misconception of how a fruit fly is reproducing. Right. So if they ask me that question, we can identify that they have a fundamental misconception and then we can fix it and then they will be more knowledgeable. So like that's I'm sorry, that's not a stupid question. It's a misinformed question. But like that's the whole point of this. They're here to learn about stuff they don't know. And I just remember that interaction, the fact that he did it in front of the student just really pissed me off. Because, again, you could tell this was a student that was feeling unsure of herself. And you want to encourage those people to ask questions, not to clam up because I'm a brainiac and I know better than you. Have you ever had to. And again, you don't have to tell the stories, but like, was that your T.A. or just a T.A. in general? What do you mean? Well, I suppose we, we, you were, were, we were co-TAs at that time. So we, okay. were, we were we were colleagues. We were peers. So, okay. So hypothetically, that same conversation word for word happens, but now you are the professor and this is a TA working in your class. Well, I would tell him that is an un- unacceptable. I would reprimand him and we would have a conversation heart to heart saying that's not acceptable at all. Okay. You wouldn't say pack your things, hand them a cardboard box. No, I don't have that kind of authority, but I would make them still right. uh, not have a pleasant time with the conversation. Sure. Yeah. I, the reason I know you're not unsufferable is because I've never heard you use the word Drosophila, Drosophila before. <laughs> I had to look it up because I was like, I'm not going to say it right. So let me actually like, t- you know, f- be able to read it at least. You got it. Uh, you got it. If, if you were using that term, if you were using like the scientific term for things and all of that, then, then you know, I got to get a tweed jacket. That's really what I got out of this whole conversation. I got to break out my blazers. I think I have like one at work that's still too small. So like I wear it and I can't fully put my arms down. I want to get myself a nice uh, corduroy blazer at some point. You should. I had one back in the day that I really liked the color of. It was almost like a burnt orangey brown. And it fit just right. And I've never been able to find one quite right. It quite like it. Um, But it's gone now to the uh, trash pile in the sky. I'm sure you can 
sure you can drink it up. Is that another pumpkin road pumpkin ale? Rosemary's baby. Yep. Some of the same. Any other pack? Any other pumpkin items? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I understood. Uh we went to an apple orchard this weekend. That was a fall thing, even though technically it's not fall for another week or so. We went to an orchard. We picked some apples. Uh, we went to a market and that was attached to the orchard and realized they were selling apples for much cheaper than it would cost to pick them, which irritated me to no end. Because I was like, so you mean I could have just walked in here and bought them rather than paying an extra six bucks to go. But it was pleasant to walk and the picking you enjoy- is part of what you're paying for. The the experience, yes. the time spent ambling about the orchard. Yes, they have they have some sort of haunted attraction. I don't know what exactly it is, but I was like an orchard would be an interesting place to set up some sort of haunted, you know, it could be fun. Come walk through here and. Are the trees <sighs> large or are they relatively uh, skinny trunks? They were the, the 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 trunks are skinny, but they were densely packed in. Yeah, I think that like, could be fun. Yeah, that you, does sound fun. You you for most of them, especially with the apples, like there are a lot of apples that grow on trees. They do not grow like willy nilly. They are densely populated. You would not be able to pass through the trees unless you kind of ducked underneath, which would you could make for any sort of interesting things, hiding sort of crouch down under the apple tree, waiting to jump, like jump out of a cornfield onto the side of a tractor and smash their knee into it repeatedly. Not that I ever did that. No. No, not at all. Definitely not. <sighs> not at all, not at all, not at all. But you were well paid. Uh- it was it, it. It still remains when people say, "What is your favorite job?" That often comes, comes to, to mind. mind. Huh? Comes fair enough. Uh, what else you got for us? You know, we we sort of we've we've stopped with the hypotheticals. They are around somewhere. Um, if we felt like going back into that, or we can talk about anything else that's on your mind. <sighs> what is on my mind? I don't know. No, I don't know. Yeah, this is I, riveting I, conversation. I, can't say, I, I, hey, we, we are, we are always riveting. I can't say I have a huge amount. You know, work is is good enough. Uh the kids are good. It's still We're coming too along. Early. I feel like in being back to be really peeved with being back at work. And I think I that's mean, I, largely true. Like I'll have moments like that thing today. And that's and that's relatively minor, right? Somebody didn't show up. Whatever. It's it's minorly irritating just knowing all the other back and forth that happened before for you just not to show. But like, you know, it's like, what? yeah, those moments still happen, but like I can say with definity now. That by summer session last year, when I was jumping into that immediately after the spring semester ending, I yes. was burned out. Yes. I don't feel burned out anymore. Like, I That's feel lovely. light on my That's... feet, DC. I still feel That's... all right, even three weeks in. I am sure your lectures 
are more engaging and and you are able to communicate the knowledge better because of that because you are not dragging you are able to you know probably cover material in a more engaging way you're not just trudging through did you wind up paring stuff down i know there was talk at one point about turning it into a two semester course and you were I mean, sh- i'm still working sure on some of that stuff but that's probably like a at least a year long process before any fruit might come from that um at the moment i i as we discussed i changed my exam methods yes and i look forward i look forward to hearing how that is uh going yeah i mean the one downside to it is that it means that there are five more days that are not dedicated to giving assessments. So that's five more lectures that I have to prepare. Um, so instead of actually scaling back content, to some degree, I've actually had to scale up um, to fill that time. Mm-hmm. But I filled it with stuff that I did cover last fall, even with the 10. I had scaled it back in the spring. But it's stuff that I feel like I really should cover. So it's kind of good that it's back. We'll see how it goes. It's just more to prepare. Stuff that I didn't prepare in the spring or summer. So it's been a while since I thought about it. But luckily, that's not till the end of the semester when I'll be nice and burned out and not willing to spend any time really looking into it to do a good job. Yeah. This is assessment week. These two weeks, this week and next week, are assessment weeks in our schools. So... Uh, is that like you standardized know, ha- testing or? Uh, yes, to some extent. Um, you know, I teach a grade young enough that they don't do any of the major standardized tests, but we have some things don't. that are sort of universal screenings and things of that nature. I was going to say, though, don't really the standardized tests happen later in the year after you guys have been able to teach to the yes. test? The the standardized test, we would have called it the Connecticut Mastery Test when we were in school. Um that is something, you know, there is a version of that essentially uh, that takes place in March or April. But they are this year in our school, they are starting um, sort of interim assessments because they don't feel like the scores are uh, good enough. And they think, well, the problem must be that they're not familiar with the format. So let's give them more. Let, let's do five or six times during the year. Let's make them take more tests let's 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 minimize our educational time the actual time to do instruction and let's give them these tests to do so that they become familiar with the format and maybe hopefully perform better how's that working i hasn't seen it yet so this is the first time we've tried it i i understand oh, okay. this i understand the theory i do get that yes they may need practice on you know uh, the the testing that we are doing, I just had my kids take it. This is the very first time that they've ever had to take anything remotely like this. And for many of these kids, uh, this is the second time in their lives uh, they've ever used a Chromebook. The first time in their lives they ever used a Chromebook was yesterday. So this is the second day. And like, thankfully, these are digital natives so that they are at least familiar enough with technology, though they keep touching the screens. We bought the cheaper versions that aren't touch screens to save money. So they keep touching the screens and wondering why nothing's happening. Um, so I get wanting to expose them to the format, but that is five weeks of the year where you're not doing instruction as much because you're sitting there making them take tests. So... 
I don't know that it's going to provide the results they're hoping for. But I mean, the theory see. here is as long as they know the format of the test, they don't need to know the content of the test. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a surefire bet to me. No. No, it doesn't. And again, there's, you know, taking a, as you well, there, there are certain elements to taking a computerized test that you need. But I'm like, we could have figured out a way to figure out, isolate those elements and give them experiences doing similar things that actually involve good teaching and instruction. But luckily, that as I as I have been as I have been as I have been saying these last weeks, that is a six-figure problem, and I don't make six figures. So I will let the people who make more figure that part out. Out of curiosity, uh, in your position, because I was talking to you know other friends of the show, do you? Because I know this is maybe becoming more your thing, where like administrators are giving you newer initiatives and that's maybe something that you haven't had to deal with as much in the past but like initiatives like you know you're going to teach reading using this system um and i i suspect that that happens in a lot of places i mean i'm sure that happened at your school at some point just maybe up until recently it wasn't like a constantly changing thing um but i was surprised to hear that like you know when they go back like say two days before the students and they have their professional development days, they were being given things like that, where the administration was like, yeah, learn to use this entire new system and implement it before this for the students who are coming back in two days. Does that happen to you? Because that seems like fucking nonsense to me. Every year. That sounds like fucking nonsense. Every year. That is what it is. We spent an entire day. And I understand you're professionals um, or whatever, and you might you ought to maybe be able to look at some of these whatever systems. I don't know if the right term is. And you ought to be able to pick it up maybe just by glancing at it. I don't know. But it just seems like not giving you the time to think about it, digest it, and implement it in the most effective ways. And when I say effective, I don't know if I mean efficient or creative or whatever. If you don't have time to to just percolate on something, how can you be delivering it to the best of your ability? So, so here's part of the problem. We finish school in mid-June if we're lucky. Sometimes late June, depending on how much snow you get. There is no way, and some school districts do it anyways, but there is no point to trying to teach us new things to the middle of the end of June. Our brains have melted out our ears and are laying on the floor. If they want us to come in over the summer to learn stuff, they have to pay us. And they're not willing to do that to any great extent. They'll pay you maybe. Like, I get it. But, like, even then, I think it would make way more sense these administrators to be, like, back in April... Hey, in six months, when you guys come back, these are the new systems. Here's some reading literature, whatever. And that way, you've got six months. If you choose to cover that over the summer, that's your prerogative. Maybe you're looking at it April and Mm -hmm. May. But they're giving you lead time, at least, that it's up to you whether or not you're going to engage with it. 
this is the issue with the fact that, you know, and again, you have a similar issue. Um, in April, I am fully focused. How do I get this group to where I am supposed to get them by the end of the year? And so you can, and sometimes that will happen. In May of last year, I was talking to a colleague of mine who happens to be in charge of literacy. Um, and she was saying that, you know, this is where we're heading. And I know you enjoy teaching writing. Would you like, I have an extra copy of the book that we're going to be using. Would you like to have it? And you can take a look at it over the summer or not, and just get a sense of what we're doing. And I said, yes. And I did, to be fair, read the first 40 to 50% of the book. Um, this was part of the training they wanted us to take that they would pay us, you know, $200 a day. And I feel like my time is worth more than that, uh, especially over the summer. Um, so they will sometimes do that, but oftentimes in April, they don't know what I know. the big initiative is. That just seems be. insane to me. Like, as administrators, I feel like you should be signaling to your stakeholders, which are your teachers, potentially parents in your community, like, this is the direction that we think we're heading. And giving people the resources and the time to hit the ground, not just running, but prepared <laughs> to be running. Yeah. Nope. So then, so the Tuesday, you know, the kids start Thursday, the Tuesday before we spend a whole day talking about, uh, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be doing projects. You're going to have to design this big interdisciplinary project that you're going to implement, but you're going to implement it in the spring. So you'll have lots of time to work on it when um so as, as a question actually because i'm just assuming actually and you're kind of telling me that for various reasons this isn't a problem that's sort of what i'm hearing anyways so i guess my question to even back this up is is anything i'm saying actually a problem from your perspective or are you perfectly happy yes. learning about it two days no. at a time? no and you guys talk about it you feel good you're good to go because you are that no. damn good, DC. No. No? The problem is, so here's the problem in my school. I can't speak for other districts. Of course. Though, knowing, knowing where some people work, I can speak. We have this in August. We're going to do projects, and this is going to be the big thing, and you're going to be excited about it. This is our big initiative for the school year. Yay, rah, rah. Let's watch some clips of Ted Lasso, because that's the theme for for the for the school year lovely then in october do you do you have a have sign a, taped up in your room that says believe do you have we to went, tap it when you do things when we went to our first meeting there was a sign that said believe um someone then in october, making six we'll, figures came up with that idea yes then we'll go sit in another meeting in october and we won't talk about projects for a goddamn second because what we'll do is we'll talk about some other big initiative we have. And this is the real focus for the 2023-2024 school year. And somebody who doesn't know any better will raise their hand and say, well, what about projects? And they will get smacked down 
Now, we were, yes, we're going to focus on that too, but this is the big thing. You've got to be focused on this. And then in January, we'll get another one. And this is, this is how it works. Because when it comes down to it, nobody really knows what they're doing. So we're throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks. Well, like, doesn't all the data show us that, like, all this stuff doesn't stick as well as what we did 20 years ago? I have always, I was taught that education is a pendulum. And we are constantly swinging back and forth. Right, but why do between... we keep swinging to stuff that doesn't work? Because somebody will come out with a study that was done that will say, oh, yes, they can, they can read, they can, but they can't think creatively. They're not going to be think outside the box thinkers. And that's what we need in a 21st century society. So let's start getting ready for that. Let's start thinking of these big, hot skills that we're going to need, these higher order thinking skills that we're going to need. And we start going that way. And then in six, seven, maybe 10 years, there'll be another study that goes, they can do that kind of stuff, but they can't read. And we should really be making sure that these kids can read. And we go back that way, and we just we're just constantly. We're, I mean, speaking of those fair rides, we're constantly on the dragon that just goes up and down, and you're just sitting there trying not to vomit. I feel like we really like again. This is just personal, I guess, but like I feel like we should just say we need to focus on teaching them to read and to do math and science. Like we just need to focus on that because all that other stuff, the higher order thinking skills. Again, I could be wrong about this. There could be plenty of pedagogy that speaks otherwise. I don't know. Just personal. But like, I feel like higher order thinking skills are emergent properties. They're emergent behaviors that come from having a good understanding of the basics. Yes. The, the, so again, and, this is the problem. And we live in a world where the AI is being creative. It gets to draw pictures and make music and make lesson plans. Why do we even need to teach people to be creative thinkers? That's just me being cynical. But Yeah. The problem is we teach these things and nobody is thinking, nobody is stopping and really thinking about when you're teaching kids from age five to nine, you require a different set of skills and a different way of doing things than 10 to 13 and then the high school. So we're trying to paint with the same broad brush. And so we hire people. This woman flew out from California to teach us about projects and she's explaining herself and her background. She has spent no time in any classroom under the age of like 10. So already all of this stuff is not designed for me at all. And it's 8.45 in the morning and I have officially checked out because you're not, you're going to be like, oh, you could do this and this and this and this and this. And then there'll be one slide every 10 that goes, oh, in elementary, you could figure something else out too. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds like whatever six-figure administrator decided to hire that person to come out really did a great job. 
that specific six-figure uh, administrator, thankfully, should not be there next year. Sounds good. Their contract is up. Their contract is up, and I don't believe there is money to to hire them back. So we'll just we'll just wait you out. Mm. Administrators come and go. Fair enough. But, but you know what is everlasting, Doc Manson? Our three emails. Our three emails. No email from Mrs. Manson today. I must say. Oh man, she's really slacking. She's got pups to worry about. Is is uh is Mr. Lenny free? Can he run? Can he frolic? Yeah. We uh, did not get him his rabies shot yet. We should have gotten that the last time we went in. But because he had had a hard time with the previous rounds of uh, vaccines, very sore, very yelly about it, uh, the decision was made to postpone the rabies shot. So he's had all of his boosters now. He just needs to get rabies, which he'll get next Thursday. Um, but I'm not too concerned about rabies. Um, if we were approached by some sort of mammal, I suppose I would just pick him up and protect him in that mm-hmm. way at this point. Yeah. Uh, so we feel comfortable enough to uh, walk him down the street now. And we have been going on walks, and he is very motivated and seems very pleased to be sniffing new things and meeting new people and learning that the world is a lot bigger than a fenced-in backyard. I agree. Before we get to the emails, what is the largest mammal you would feel comfortable fighting? A toddler. <laughs> No more questions. <laughs> Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Glenn chimes in. A fet worse than death. Hi, guys. As promised, here's some of the more eccentric activities carried out at British festivals and fets. What's a fet? Uh, fet is the French word for party. We have bog snorkeling, where competitors race along a wet, muddy bog for 120 yards using flipper power only. No, thank you. Cheese rolling, where thousands gather on a very steep incline in Gloucester. Gloucester, I believe. (laughs) And chase a nine-pound round of cheese down it. I will hurt myself and others, but sure. If I catch the cheese, do I get to eat it? I believe so. I think you get to keep the cheese. Worm charming. Every year, thousands gather in a muddy field in Devon to get on their hands and knees to entice worms out of the ground without the use of digging or forking. Has the boogeyman ever been there? Is forking digging with a fork? I'm assuming so. Unless they have really interesting ways of getting worms out of the ground. <laughs> Welly wanging, speaking of interesting, is basically the shot butt, but with a Wellington boot. I have to look up what a Wellington boot is. Dwile flunking. Okay, like a waiter. Dwile flunking? This originates flunking. in East Anglia and comprises of two teams of 12, each taking it in points to dance around the other by trying to avoid the beer-soaked dwily, dwily, dwile, while use basically a mop head thrown by the non-dancing team. So it's like dodgeball with a mop. Has Perry Saturn ever been there? Hope everyone is doing well. Thanks, Uh, Glenn, double N, period. If you had to do one of those. I think I'm down for cheese rolling. I I would be interested in trying welly wanging. 
How does the waiter come into this? That's the way the Wellington boo. It looks like a waiter, like a a galoshes. So is it the thing that you're flinging? Because I was thinking that you're wearing it. No, I believe you're throwing the boot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would try that, too. And I guess I, well, if I was dressed appropriately, I would try the while flunking. It's just dodgeball. That's kind of fun. Although getting hit with a wet mop head does sound like it would sting. So I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, that part doesn't sound fun. I guess I'd have to see it first. Then I'll make my decision. But I would do any of them before I go bog snorkeling. I don't understand. Why is it called bog snorkeling? Because since you're racing along a muddy bog using flipper power, it makes me makes it seem to me like you are running while wearing flippers. And then maybe you're wearing a snorkel. I wonder if you actually if have... you fall, then the snort because it's kind of funny. Or are you actually swimming, I guess? I don't know. I would think you're swimming, but I'm going to look it up. Because I guess race could oh, you're imply sw- swimming. Oh, oh, you're swimming. Oh, you're swimming. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that then. They are they are face down in the water. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, Interesting I'm choice gonna, I'm of hats, though. Right. Uh, thank you, Glenn. Next up is Nate. Positivity and such. Good evening. I'm sorry. Afternoon. CD and Cod. I used to listen to a podcast and won't say which one, but he would bitch and complain about people on Twitter. And how much he hated AEW. That could be our show. I don't know. Let's go on. And a lot of the times I'd be enjoying AEW. That's one thing I really enjoy about you guys. You don't shit on things. You're almost always positive. Is that true? I don't know if that's true, Nick. Uh, now that we've stopped talking about wrestling a lot, yes, it's true. <laughs> and if you have something bad to say, it's constructive criticism or you just don't watch. Find you're happy, right? So how do you stay positive and happy on this platform and in your everyday life? Uh, what platform is he talking about? Twitter? He doesn't actually say Twitter, so I'm just assuming that. Yeah, although oh, no, he maybe, does say Twitter he earlier on. Po- maybe, yeah. maybe he means the podcast platform. Yeah, I mean, Twitter I just don't engage with because, yeah, it's impossible to stay positive on Twitter. Um, in everyday life, I don't know. I guess I just try to be mindful and thankful. For most things. Gratitude goes a long way. Gratitude goes a a very long way in in that sort of thing. You have to, you know, try to appreciate. And and I'm not, I don't suggest you have to be one of those people that tries to find the silver lining in every dark cloud. But. If you stop and are mindful about it, then you can find a lot of things that work. Hey, I didn't get stopped at this light. I was able to get, you know, right through or, you know, any insert whatever little things that go well every day. Uh, How do I stay positive and happy on the podcast platform? Easy. I'm talking to one of my dearest friends in the world, so it's very easy to stay positive. Uh, How do I stay positive on X? Uh, well, on X, uh, I tweet a lot about wrestling excrete. that happened. I excrete about wrestling that happened a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, I I rarely interact with anything else. Um, and as I had to do today, I mute people who are negative and or whiny bitches. Did you see that um, 
Elon Musk says they're going to take away the ability to block people and I presume also mute because it doesn't make any sense in a platform that is should be dedicated to absolute freedom of speech. I had seen the block thing. Yeah, I'm assuming mute goes along with a while that, ago, but I don't know if that's true. But I, but I also think he's now just saying shit because that was a while ago. And here's Twitter the secret about and- Elon Musk: he's always just been saying shit. Just before, you thought he was a smart guy because it was stuff you didn't know any about, and the more he starts talking about different subjects the more you begin to realize he has no idea what he's talking about on almost any topic. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, continuing. I forgot to say my guilty pleasure from like a month ago. I think my guilty pleasures would be listening to Taylor Swift and girly music like that. Not much else I can think of as an aside. I listen to plenty of Taylor Swift. I love Lady Gaga, Britney Spears. Uh, I like Miley Cyrus. I like... Selena Gomez. I like all of that sort of pop diva pop music. I think it's all wonderful and joyful, and I love it too. Also, would you ever go to a Taylor Swift concert? I haven't, but I would. I'd be afraid of the true Swifties. Like I'd be looking sort of. I I would be a little. I want to say I don't say I would be anxious, but I I would be a little worried. I'd be people watching, let's say. Let's just say I'd be people watching. I'd be intrigued, maybe. And I would be careful not to cross anyone because I do get the impression that they can be a vengeful bunch. But that just means they're passionate. So, you know, please don't attack me or my loved ones. Thank you. CD, I know I've brought it up, but would you like to see Face Off rebooted at some point? Been talks, but don't know if it's still happening. No, 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 no. It's a perfect movie. You don't remake perfect movies. I'm pretty sure I've heard some similar conversation on the Sound Scary podcast. You don't need to remake the stuff that's really good. Although I would like to see the Tremors TV show from 2018. Is it shit? Yeah. I have so not I been like able to, to find that it. pilot. I have not been able to find it. I've but, um, but yeah, no. You had prime John Travolta. You had prime Nicolas Cage. You're not going to get that again. There are no two actors who can do that. So no, you leave that as a perfect movie and you move on. Cod, what's another horror versus you'd like to see? I'd love to see Chucky versus Megan. Not a bad choice. Um, I would go with a sequel to Freddy versus Jason which is a slight cop-out because that's obviously one that already exists. However, I would like them to do what was pitched originally by Sam Raimi as the sequel, which would be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I think that would be very, very clever, and there is actually already continuity within the movies because the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead series appears in Friday the 13th Part 9, and actually bridging those two universes would be a really sweet nod to the fans. And I think he, Ash, that is, is a perfect character to insert into a Freddy versus Jason movie as he can stand toe-to-toe to them in a way that would make sense. Um, so I would really like to see that. As an aside, that movie did not get made, but the story was then used, I believe, to make a comic book miniseries, um, which I have not read, but I should. 
So I'll say that. Hope you both have a tremendous night. Appreciate you guys' your bestie Nate sent from my iPhone. Etan, thank you very much for your email. Appreciate it, Etan. You've been sitting on Etan the entire time. Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, our last email comes from Danielle Sullivan. Hello. Hey. Starbucks has a deal of BOGO fall drinks on Thursdays throughout September after 12 p.m. Did you know that, Doc? I believe that I knew that because I think Danielle said it in her last email. Uh, I think. <clears throat> it's a fun way for me to enjoy a midday pumpkin drink and one to share. That's something I'm looking forward to for tomorrow for sure. I um, Oh, and Doc. I brought yes. Mrs. Manson to work on Tuesday, which was not a day that I had to teach her go to the office. And after dropping her off, because there's one close by, I drove to a local Starbucks. Yes. And I sat in the parking lot. And I believe I was listening to Selena Gomez and that new show that she had, the new, that new song she has about love songs. I forget what that's called. She does it with another band, right? Um, I love that song. It's a good song. And I sat there for the four minutes that song was playing, and I could not convince myself to exit my car to go in to purchase a coffee. And when the song concluded, I still had not convinced myself, so I put the car into gear, and I drove home. Is there something I wrong with me? I didn't think about that. No, what's interesting is that you're right. That is a Starbucks without a drive-thru. Yeah. You would think that with all the, the building up in that area, they would have found some, I guess you would need a solo standing building, which they don't really have in abundance. So, no, I don't think there's something wrong with you. You, you found you're happy. You decided you didn't need the drink, and so you left. Now, maybe tomorrow... You'll go, and you can get one for free. I don't think I will. I don't know why, but I haven't been to Starbucks, like, at all in, like, the past six months. And I know that's not a very long time, but for me, it kind of is. And I don't know what it is about it, but I just don't really want it anymore. I feel like... I, I get that. I feel like it's it's partially because I'm I'm frugal, right? It's partially because since I don't get milk and they charge extra for all their specialty milks, when I do get a latte with, say, oat milk, like, you know, a medium costs me $8 or so. So that's part of it. But, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, continue. Oh, and Doc, I have read House of Leaves. Lucas, my boyfriend, read it this year, and the last time I read the entire book was 2017. We both took about three to four months to read, and sometimes we had to go read something else because House of Leaves can be a lot. Ironically, how I met my former roommate is because she was reading or just finished House of Leaves in 2017. Three days later, I met someone who was working through that book. She's been my friend ever since and also is my goddaughter's mother. It was a wild turn of events and synchronicities that led the three of us to be friends for almost five years. Next week, I'll email about Lucas, because I've got another thing to contemplate after I send out this email. In short, we've been together since December 2021, and we are a quirky duo, I think. That's all I have for this week. Danielle. 
Hooray! I, I still need a copy uh, of that book. I should do that. I just, I haven't bought a physical book in so long. And this is a book that does not exist in digital formats because, as I understand it, the formatting is integral to some of, say, the meta aspects of what the story and book are. And that intrigues me. But I also just can't bring myself to purchase a book on Amazon for some reason. And so I just keep looking at it and never buying it. And here we are. That's my story. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you to Danielle and Glenn and Nate for the emails. Always appreciated. Love hearing from people. Would love to hear from Jeffrey or Bosk or Simon or Banks or The Warrior. Whoever's out there listening to our uh, wonderful podcast, check in. Let us know what's going on, how life is. Are you enjoying any pumpkin-flavored concoctions? Speaking of Dr. Manson, it is time for that piece of positivity. What do you got going on that is psyching you up and freaking you out? Well, this is still a ways off, um, but good friend of the show and former co-host, um, Yoko Ono of the show, perhaps, if you will. Uh, GQ <laughs> recently came over to my house, uh, and we began to record what will become the Sound Scary Halloween Spooktacular 2023. And all I can say is, if you enjoy taste tests, and if you <gasps> enjoy pumpkin you. spice. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. And that was a roller coaster <laughs> in just five seconds. Because I was like, he is going to be the Yoko Ono if he has stolen taste tests from us. Oh, wait. No, I hate all of that. I would recommend listening in come the end of October. Because my goodness, there were quite a few products. I look forward to it. I was disappointed. I was looking for the show. I had forgotten it is bi-weekly. So I was... I was slightly disappointed uh, that I did not have a new Tremors, but I took solace in the fact that I have a new podcast uh, that I am listening to. Um, and of course, being the nerd DC that I am, I am going in chronological order. Uh, so this podcast is called Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. Uh, I found it because... Uh, Paul, no, Penn Sunday School, which is another podcast that I listen to. Uh, the co-host is Matt Donnelly, who is one of the hosts of Ice Cream Social. Um, and what I like about it is if Doc Manson and DC Matthews were better at bits and improvising, this would be the show. It is, I, I think if you I, enjoy- I have heard we, of the Ice Cream Social before as- a improv heavy show in that context. Yes. And I've heard it very strongly recommended. I've never listened yes. though. Um, so I went, so I went back of course, to the very beginning. Uh, they were talking on the most, the, the episode that I was listening to in the car on the way home. Uh, they were talking about the big news uh, that the undertakers WrestleMania streak has been snapped to give you a sense of where I am in time and space. Um, but yes, uh, these are two, uh, professional improvisers um, who have a lot of bits. One of the bits was that uh, 
Maya Angelou, poet Maya Angelou, is now permanently wearing a motion capture suit and wears it everywhere she goes because she believes that's like her life is now being, you know, simulcast or whatever. So it is very funny. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you enjoy our show, I think you there's a very strong chance you will enjoy theirs. And if you're a crazy person like me and want to go back to the beginning, there are, I believe, a thousand episodes. How long are they? So I am now about an hour ish maybe a little more again similar to ours sometimes a little more sometimes right about an hour um and if you listen to it at 1.5 speed as i do uh it it goes by rather quickly uh they do some interviews with like uh either magicians or entertainers or things i it's up to you i have skipped the two of those because i don't particularly care about listening to other people so i want to hear them um but yeah Highly recommended ice cream social. Uh, give it a listen if you have the inclination. <clears throat> I appreciate all of you who have given us the inclination of your time and oral capacity uh, for this fun-filled episode. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so. Send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. That's especially pointed at all of you besties that we haven't heard from recently, including you, Mrs. Manson. Oh. And if you like what you've heard, and really, how could you, head over to patreon.com forward slash DD2Wrestling to give a bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It does help us keep the lights on. It pays for our podcast hoping, and it keeps this crazy podcast chain, chain, train, chugging along. Come on, ride the train and ride it. Oh, that's a chain of penguins. Choo-choo. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Uh, my name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a fantabulous week, my loves. Until we meet again, won't you be a bestie? I'm going to go wang a welly. <laughs> <laughs>